welcome to the podcast today. There's stuff to talk about, and we have a guest. That's why we're doing it. Um, I have found that there will not... Mondays are my busy day because I get in earlier than usual and crank out a week's worth of uh, making sure the radio station has music to play. How about that? Uh, Adam Cassie returns. He is the executive director of Keep Toledo, Lucas County. Beautiful. Adam has been uh, sucked into my misfit friends, um, my movie misfit friends in this case. Adam went with us last week to go see Napoleon and um, good to have him on the podcast. And it's not just, you know, basic recycling things. Adam's got some helpful things, including I know a lot more about composting after the conversation that we had a little while ago that you will hear shortly um, and how you might want to do it on your own, what you can compost and the locations you can drop stuff off here. As we uh, we are trying with the Ability Center and beyond to become the most accessible place in the country. How about the most um, earth-friendly place in the country, or at least one of them amongst cities, and especially Rust Belt or Northern cities? Um, a couple things before Adam. So we were, I, I, I was like, what? what? What's happening outside? I, I woke up, did not open the drapes, in my bedroom, I go downstairs, I open up, I got up, I woke up a little later than usual. I had some very bizarre dream where my old boss took away my vacation day that I have tomorrow. Super weird. Um, the light in my living room is time to go on at like 6.05. Um, I go downstairs, turn that light off, open up that, that drape, and I'm like, what the hell is this? When did December happen? That was not as I expected to happen. Um, I could play you the forecast that we were running on Q105 from Jay Burschback and even Ross Ellett yesterday. And uh, it was dusting to an inch, um, very windy, and wind chill factors in, in play. You're going to have to trust me that that's what was, um, that was the forecast. There was definitely nothing in, and uh, Jay also said, um, snow showers, snow showers uh, for the morning rush. Snow showers, dusting to an inch, windy, wind chills. Nothing in there about it's going to be a messy morning. I am not a um, run the meteorologist out of town kind of person. It's a pretty thankless job. And for the most part, they, they are known for delivering bad news. Like you overlook them when it's sunny in 85. You give them no credit for that. But when they tell you the day is going to suck weather-wise, you give them all the hell. Um, and I'll give you why, what changed my mind and why I can't get on them even now when there was kind of a, kind of a miss this morning. Um, I also don't believe that news stations, especially meteorologists who I am not cumulus, even though I think it's a pretty darn good company to work for, relatively speaking, um, I don't think news stations and particularly meteorologists set out and go, oh man, it's, we're going to, we're going to adjusting tomorrow. Let's set up the alarm bells. I don't think they set out to do that. Definitely not meteorologists. So if we were going to have a messy morning like we dealt with this morning, Jay Ross, Ryan Weekman, and any other local meteorologist would have honestly um, been very forthcoming about that with the warning. For, oh, before anything, I wasn't ready for the wind chills as cold as it was last night and the snow. Usually, we don't get this stuff till December-ish now. Maybe that means we'll have actual warm spring weather before mother's day i won't i won't hold out any hope 
Um, so back to this this morning. I, look, all this stuff was supposed to happen. It seemed like in the overnight. When I woke up at seven thirty, the roads were were a mess. It was it was not good out. I was very slow coming out of my neighborhood. I I, I didn't really. I have a very short commute to where I was going, but I didn't see roads being tended to. Now when I wrapped up my um, time of the gym 10 o'clock, plenty of plenty of trucks out on the roads. So you can go, well, why didn't the forecasters know better? And I can't give you that answer other than the planet is broken and weather is as weird as it's ever been. And it can literally change like that. How do I know that? What was the inflection point in, in my weather changing life? Um, Back in the summertime, when I left the radio station, um, the forecast, and we'd gone to the movie, that it was probably a Thursday night, we'd gone to a movie. The forecast was um, some strong storms moving through the area, thunderstorms, blah, blah, blah. Nothing that said tornado. And then I'm talking about the fer- ferocity um, and the violent point place tornado. And how do I know that that happened so quickly because I will also never forget the video of people t- taking shots of the hurricane swooping through some intersection on Point Place. They were doing the video while in their cars at the intersection. If you had known that there was a tornado coming, you would not be out on the roads. It came out of nowhere. It went as fast as it came it, 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 with the tenacity and ferocity it arrived with it went just as quickly absolutely stunning and surprising and from that point on um i was going to be as careful as i could about weather reports not that i am the weather authority but the stuff can change so fast and if you're following um like i'm on the air over the course of four hours i i can update things as they they change um now, got, people can go to their social media accounts and, and whatnot, and, that, and many people are certainly there watching that stuff. But uh, Jay and Ross and, and Ryan and every, all of our other weather people, they're only on TV at a certain time. Um, if something is about to quickly change, you've got to hope, they've got to hope, we've all got to hope that you can catch it on social media so they, they can make that update. But point is, it seems like the weather is throwing curveballs and changing directions with more tenacity and aggressiveness than ever before. So when I got on the roads today, when I made the right out of my driveway, I was like, I'm going to be careful. I'm not going to complain. Why didn't Jay Burstback tell me about this? Um, I think we've talked about dark selling patterns before. A couple of ex- uh, examples are 99 of these are in somebody's cart right now. They're going fast, hot item. Or the, the opposite, only three of these items left. Act now. Um, I've had a bunch of stuff in my Amazon cart for, for a while, added a couple of things when I saw that they were, uh, on sale over the weekend for Black Friday, Small Business Saturday, whatever the hell Sunday is, Cyber Monday. Um, and I, I did not buy anything except for one thing last night. And I had, I had some stuff, I had some stuff to get. Um, this morning, a couple of items particularly, I think I have like 60 items in my cart, <laughs> You know, we used to do an old game on The Morning Rush. Whose Google is it? We'd throw out five things that we recently Googled. You had to guess whose it was. Would you? I'd like to know what's in your Amazon cart. You might be able to guess what's in mine, but it is a wide array of things. Some of those things that I've been watching pretty closely 
um, had actually gone up in price. Um, like it was $44. I, I, I put it in my cart at $30. It went up to $44 um, right before uh, the weekend, Black Friday and, and whatnot. Um, and then it floated and then it was it was down to 30 again. And, and another item was, was in a price range where I, I really looked at it. But I didn't pull the trigger on, on Cyber Monday. But um, I do like checking my Amazon cart. I love Amazon. I like the prices, the convenience, and some items. I think most of the items I buy on Amazon, I cannot get locally. If you want to tell me where I can buy these transformers, by all means, send me to these places. Um, I like checking messages about items in your cart every day. I, I get my hopes up and go, yes, it's down. Seven cents, small victory. Some of the items that were flagged as Cyber Monday deals yesterday, those red flags went away and they were the same or virtually the same price today. Um, I guess I could give you more dark patterns or shopping suggestions, but I don't know what kind of shopper you are. I'm going to guess a lot of us are constantly checking our carts, so I don't want to repeat what you already know. One thing I have instilled in myself is um, when I first started signing up for digital coupons and email blasts like 10 years ago, maybe more, I would get sucked in. Oh, 35% off. Got to go now. Let me tell you something. For most of these places, um, even though they say it's uh, it's going to 35% off will, will end over the weekend, one, they'll somehow magically extend it or that that deal will come back around or it will definitely come back around within the next month or so. So if something is 35% off now, it's very likely you're going to get that again at some time, So, or maybe even a better deal. So don't be too quick to jump on that. What's the other thing I I do? Oh, olive oil, flavored olive oils. When my friend used to own Bumble Olive Oil, Ashley used to own Bumble Olive Oil. I love the flavored olive oils. It is a luxury that I have taken out of my spending because it's really expensive. I did buy from this place called Saratoga Olive Oils a couple of months ago and I stayed signed up for the uh, for the uh, uh, email blast to save a couple of bucks. Well, last week I put some stuff in my cart and then I was like, ah, never mind, closed it. Lo and behold, uh, like 15% went to like 25% or enough to make a difference to make me commit. Put stuff in your cart, walk away, let their drip campaigns get to you and uh, you make them work. You spend, but you save a little bit more than you expected. I hope you recycle a bunch more than you expected. We can dive into that now with Adam Cassie from Keep Toledo, Lucas County Beautiful. I would like to welcome back Adam Cassie. Director, is, is director the right title? Executive director? Executive director. <laughs> Master recycler at Keep Toledo, Lucas County Beautiful. Um, good to have you back. Is this like your third time we've recycled your visits? Hey. I yeah, like it. I've been in studio, I think this is just second time, but we, we've crossed paths to other places. And now I have brought you into my Thursday night movie misfit group. Right, right. You'll be going with Josh and Belinda without me. Oh, no. quickly before you know it <laughs> um we're we're recording right now tuesday november 28th so we're running out of days to wrap up the project that you guys have had going on since uh since halloween uh gourds and pumpkin uh composting or recycling uh, disposal yeah. yep yep getting rid of uh, gourds and pumpkins 
pumpkin's one of those things that you grow for absolutely no reason whatsoever. <laughs> like, like it's I, I don't know if it's a vegetable. Is it a vegetable? But it sits on your, your porch for, you know, a month and then you throw it away. So there's no real reason for it. And last year we collected about 40,000 pounds of pumpkins. And that's 40,000 pounds that would have gone to the landfill and filled up the landfill and food waste and organics in landfill creates methane gas and causes lots of problems. There's no reason to take all of those nutrients that, that grow that pumpkin and, and trap it in a landfill. So we get them composted and set instead and then back out to uh, farms and greenhouses and whatnot. So we're looking for at least probably 40,000 pounds again this year of pumpkins. We've got three locations, one in Mami, one in Sylvania, and one in Toledo. And actually the Sylvania and Mami ones have already been emptied once. These giant big roll-off dumpsters uh, have been emptied and then are filling back up again. So yeah, people are taking advantage of it. We're, we're, we're out of, I guess, fall season, especially with the snow having hit and the uh, the chilly temperatures. Um, but something to remember for next year, or if you feel the need to get a pumpkin in April for whatever reason, when you've got to get rid of it, um, take it your way. Yeah, yeah. Always give us a call. We'll let you know what, what to do with it. Yeah, this is, I think, our third or fourth year that we've been doing the, the pumpkin composting. And actually, like the first year that we did it, uh, at my house, we, we cut up our pumpkins. We, we carved them, and they go bad very quickly. So I put these dumpsters out for for like two weeks after Halloween. And then come Thanksgiving time, all these people started calling me and saying, where's the dumpsters? Where's the dumpsters? And they were very angry. And they're like, I'm just going to leave my pumpkins here, even though there's no dumpster. Uh, because I guess a lot of people don't carve their pumpkins and they leave them through Thanksgiving uh, and their good Thanksgiving decorations. So now I've started doing that, having Thanksgiving decorations and also keeping those dumpsters around a lot longer. You say you don't know if a pumpkin is a uh, a vegetable a great point that we, we grow it for to cut it up and there's people do their pumpkin pies and whatnot and i'm sure it's it's uh sprinkled into pumpkin spice lattes or whatever but what the hell is gourd right who knows <laughs> who know. knows and really if you're gonna make a pumpkin pie you don't use a pumpkin typically i mean maybe you do there's, a, there's that random person that does but usually you're going to the grocery store and buying a can of pumpkin are gourds the white pumpkins i think gourds are i think more like the the odd shaped things got it okay. yeah uh, so anything that isn't uh, circular and orange, but you put it out for decoration or cut it up, gourd. Yes, gourd. Um, you guys had a, had a little press conference, got some some media love. I guess uh, a couple of weeks or so ago for a really big announcement to to continue with the composting. Um, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so we partnered up with the city of Toledo. They were really the, the ones spearheading it. Uh, got a lot of help from city council and also uh, brought in the Metro Parks as a good partner. Uh, and we now have three, hopefully in the future, four drop-off locations throughout the city of Toledo for food waste composting. Uh, so now you can take your food waste to these drop-off locations. Uh, right now, the three locations are Swan Creek, uh, Toledo Botanical Gardens, and Glass City Metro Park. And you can drop off your food waste there, which is a great thing going into the holiday season, even though it's a year round. I mean, it's a good time right now to launch it because around the holidays, waste in general is up 25 to 45% in households. So you're going through a lot of food waste and you don't throw it all in the garbage. Like I said, with pumpkins, if it goes to the landfill, it creates methane gas, it fills our landfill up, uh, it traps all those nutrients. So instead we can take them, we can compost them, get all those nutrients back out to uh, farms and, and fields. It's recycling. It's taking something old, food waste, and recycling it into something new. I want to come uh, go to an elementary question with compost posting in a second but first give me something on um the landfills why these are so bad and, and what the methane gas does right so methane gas is a greenhouse gas emission so it is it is a greenhouse gas we don't want it uh and when you're in a landfill landfills get sealed up 
and there's not very much oxygen inside them, and the, the bacteria that grows in that sort of environment creates methane gas. When you have lots of oxygen in in the uh, environment, like at a composting location, uh, the, the that same bacteria doesn't grow, and you're using bacteria that does not create methane gas. So it's, it's a much better, much healthier system to compost. Uh, and we just don't want our... our landfills to fill up either. Right. Uh, food waste is the largest everyday item that households are sending to the landfill. And it's right now estimated that we waste about 40% of our food. I, I was just going to ask you that number. I came across something the other day. 40%. So, yeah. so, so nearly half. And when, when you say food waste, um, is it, it, it crust of pizza or yeah, give me some examples of what the food waste is? Because I know we, we're going to talk about proper recycling and it's always good good reminders. But how, what, how can I compost? What should I look to compost? Yeah, a lot of people uh, compost in their backyard. Some people compost in their backyard, which is great. How uh, do they do that? Keep doing that, for sure. If, you, if you've got the, the land and the avail- availability to do that, uh, go ahead and compost in your backyard. But what you compost in your backyard is usually... Uh, fruits, vegetables, grains. So yeah, maybe some some pie crust, uh, but lots of just scraps. You know, your your tops off your strawberries and your apple cores and your banana peels and Wh- things like that. What is the backyard composting? Yeah, there's a number of different uh, techniques, I suppose. Uh, you can just find a location and kind of make a pile and, and let the uh, natural things that are in your soil kind of move into there and, and eat that up. Some of it's going to be worms, worms, but it's a lot of it's just bacteria and, and uh, microbes and things. Uh, and, and it's going to break down pretty good. Uh, other people do have like a worm bin, so it's more of a tote where they put worms in it, and uh, the worms do most of the job in there. And then there are also ones that you can buy on Amazon or, or from uh, Lucas County Solid or the Soil and Water District, um, the Lucas Soil and Water district they sell some uh and and it's more of a like a you put your food waste in there and it has some microbes in it and you turn it over and you know it's a little bit more easier to manage so there's lots of options so i'm feeding worms essentially basically yeah yeah the things that are in your soil never considered that yeah Yeah. uh we say the same thing like right now city's doing a pretty good job of cleaning up all the leaves. Right. Uh, I've been driving around my neighborhood got done recently so they're doing a great job but we also tell people hey you can just mow that stuff in, you know, mow, mow it in uh, or just leave it alone. Leave it alone is the best thing to do. Leave it alone till spring because a lot of insects and bugs like to hide under the leaves uh, until spring comes around and then they, they come out again. Uh, if you send all your leaves away or you shred them up with a lawnmower, then those, those bugs have a whole lot harder time surviving through the winter. Uh, so if you miss seeing lightning bugs, uh, you know, our generation back in the day had lightning bugs everywhere. Yeah. Now they're harder to find. Right. So if you miss seeing them, leave the leaves in, on your backyard. Um, but if if you don't like seeing them, maybe in your front yard, go ahead and, and mow them in, and that'll compost. The things in your soil will decompose those, and that that's composting. Um, I've never considered the lightning bug thing before. I there I see them in my neighborhood now, but not nearly as many as when I was a kid, and I would catch them. Try to keep them alive and be sad every day when they would die and it'd be very heartbreaking, but they're beautiful to see. And, and now I'm glad I see more of them. So so leaving all the leaves and whatnot keeps them alive? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're... they're um that that's their reproduction cycle. Is they, they need those that that leaf layer to to get under there for the winter um, and survive the winter. Good to know. Um, so we can leave our leaves there instead of complaining that the city hasn't come around or that m- more leaves are just falling. And the weather obviously plays a uh, part in this as well. Um, it's back to the composting. What are the facilities that you mentioned? The three. Like what can I bring there? What should I bring there? I heard mm-hmm. you say pie crust, tops of strawberries, which I usually I, I cut. 
cut the tops off. I don't know if anybody eats those. I cut the tops off and yeah. put in my protein shake and throw that stuff down the garbage disposal. Mm-hmm. No. If you're composting in your backyard, fruits, vegetables, some grains, perfect. If you want to go a step further, you can also go to these drop-off locations. Uh, Or if you can't compost in your backyard. Lots of people can't compost in their backyard or don't want to. But now there's an easy solution. Uh, Just like with recycling, the easier we make it, the more people are going to do it. So uh, the drop-off locations are great because they actually go to a, a... industrial composter. It's an organization called Go Zero. And at an industrial composter, they can take a lot of things that you don't put in your backyard. Uh, So they will take meat and dairy and bone and cheese. So those are things you don't want to put in your normal composting at your house, but they will take it and they can get it composted. Uh, And then the other important thing is they can take a lot of the compostable plastics which uh, lots of times if you go to a, uh, a restaurant and get out to take out food, sometimes your fork or your knife or even your cup will say compostable on it. Uh, if you put that in your backyard composting, that, that fork is still going to take 20 years to decompose. Uh, so it's not really compostable at home, but at an industrial composter, if it says compostable on it, they can take the, uh, the compostable BPI certified plastics. If uh, worms had hands, they could use the forks while they're doing what they do. Yeah. Yeah. The really big ones. Um, what about the question that pops in my head? I, I know my, my two buckets. I think I'm pretty good at recycling, uh, putting what needs to go in the recycling, the blue bucket, and what needs to go in the trash. Uh, it seems like a lot of the things that I put in the trash food or in, in the garbage disposal could be taken to one of the composting sites. Um, rather than having uh, days old food lay around the house or something, what's the best way to store that and then take it all at once to, to one of these sites rather than like stinking up my garage or or something. Yeah, I mean, really, if you're making a trip once a week, uh, sometimes I let my food waste it even longer than that. But uh, if you've got a five-gallon bucket and you, it's got a good tight lid on it, you're not going to notice any smell. Uh, and, and again, there's some that you can buy online that are really fancy. They've got like little carbon f- lids. Uh, they got like a carbon filter on them uh, that keeps the smell out. Um, so not necessarily anything now that Republic will offer us or the city will offer us, but you can go buy at Home Depot relatively inexpensively. Yep, absolutely. I mean, a lot of people use a, an old coffee can. That's what I actually use at my house. It's a good size. Uh, it fills up in, in a timeline that it doesn't start to smell. Uh, so coffee can works great. It's got a good solid lid on it and uh, you're not going to notice any smells out of there. The best part of waking up is Folgers in my cup. Don't get them, don't get them <laughs> mixed up. Don't, don't put the, the food waste one next to your actual coffee. You just gave me uh, memories of my mom making her Maxwell's or whatever when, when I was a kid. I haven't heard coffee tin in quite some time. Coffee tin, yeah. yeah. Um, a restaurant, wait, re- restu- a sustainable restaurant program? This is new on my radar. Can you tell me about it? Sure, yeah. We actually launched this uh, last year during Restaurant Week. So this was a great uh, partnership between us and Leadership Toledo. They use Restaurant Week as a fundraiser for their great programming. uh, And we wanted to kind of piggyback on that because they had all the great contacts uh, with restaurants and there was a lot of excitement going on around restaurants. And this is still kind of continuing on with the the composting theme uh, because restaurants create a lot of food waste. Uh, And a lot of that is is back of house. It's in the kitchen. They're they're cutting up food. They're cutting up things. They're making, they've got scraps back there. What are they going to do with them? Do they throw them all in the dumpster? Well, we would like them to get composted instead. as well as cut down on single-use plastics and uh, are there ways to pick better um, clamshells for your takeout and things like that. Um, there, there's lots of things that you can evaluate a restaurant on uh, to make sure that they're being as sustainable as possible. 
How- so we launched this this program uh, last year with, during Restaurant Week. Uh, have a number of restaurants, and we rate them on a scale of of one to five. Uh, they don't get stars; they get leafs. So there's a couple of five leaf restaurants out there, and then there's some four leaf ones and a couple others. Uh, but what really we just want them to be in the program and kind of evaluating how they're doing and uh, thinking about how, ways that they can do better to be more sustainable. Who are some of the five leaf re- restaurants? Uh, right now, uh, we only have two. Okay, uh, we got to get that number up. Yeah, I know. Bar's Public House okay. uh, over in Mommy and Holland area, and then same cafe uh, at the library downtown. Excellent. How, how can restaurants get involved with this? Yeah, so right on our website, uh, to, to kick things off, there's a uh, self-survey that they can fill out, uh, and then that gets kicked back to us, and we'll look through it and kind of rate things. But the nice thing is then we also give them a call afterwards or meet up with them in person and say, uh, here's some easy wins, uh, and you know, here's some, some good ways that you could improve a little bit more, and then here's some, some harder things, but we can give you resources. Uh, a lot of people ask us, you know, what does Keep Toledo Lucas County Beautiful do? And I'm like, well, you know. We the, keep Toledo Lucas there, County Beautiful. There's three of us. There's only so much we can do, but we, we can connect dots and we can give resources and, and we, we know people. So uh, that's one thing with this this uh, program is is trying to get them connected with Go Zero so they can start composting or with uh, other organizations that can help them be more sustainable. So yeah, go on our website, fill out the, the survey. And uh, as Restaurant Week comes back up again, uh, we'll kind of continue to reinvigorate that program again this year and try to get a few more restaurants to jump on board. But it doesn't have to be during Restaurant Week and it doesn't have to be the restaurants that are in Restaurant Week uh, that are participating in our sustainable program either. It's just a, a good partnership there. So, What are some of those easy wins you talked about for restaurants? Right. Uh, so my, lots of times it, it's switching out a product or, or even just asking. Uh, one thing that, that annoys me when I go to a restaurant is uh, the, the waiter will come over and throw straws on my table before I can even say, oh, no, 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 I don't need straws. Uh, it's just it's just you know their habit of putting sure. straws down. I don't need a straw. Uh, and so uh, an easy thing is just, hey, can, can you ask before you provide straws or, or condiment packets or whatever it might be to try to cut down on that waste? Uh, can you switch to uh, more reusables and do more dishwashing than, than just single-use items? Uh, lots of, We're seeing uh, as composting continues to grow that the price difference between a compostable fork and a, an actual plastic fork uh, is not that much different. Uh, so, so can you switch over to compostable items? Uh, a compostable fork in a landfill is at least a little bit better than a plastic fork in a landfill. But now in the city of Toledo, we even have a, a good option for them to actually get composted at the drop-off locations. Any food suggestions for restaurants that are easy wins, as you said? Food suggestions. We do. We, there, I think there is a, a uh, do you provide vegetarian options, options on, on, on this survey. So um, meat is an issue. Uh, in, in, I'm a meat eater. I like meat. Uh, but every once in a while, I try to have a, a plant heavy, a plant-rich di- uh, meal too, because uh, the more meat, meat you're eating, that that has a very high carbon footprint, uh, especially if it's red meat. So uh, offering those those low uh, carbon footprint meals is important as well. Um, spring litter initiatives. I know it feels like it's so far away, but spring will be here. This, the season will be here. The weather might not be here. So right. spring litter initiatives as we turn the calendar over to 24. Yeah, I mean, uh, right now, yeah, first snow. <laughs> uh, 
has come and gone now, it seems. So our, our litter pickup season is over. Nobody likes to pick up litter in the winter time. We have a few very, very dedicated groups. Uh, some of our Adopt-A-Street, Adopt-A-Road groups will still go out during the winter time. Uh, but most everybody's done. So we'll take a break. And then come spring, uh, we'll have groups start to get back out there again. We usually really kick it off around Earth Day, around uh, April 22nd. And we'll have a program called Ramp It Up. Ramp It Up is a one-day litter cleanup that is just focused on on-ramps and off-ramps. We started that last year. It was very successful. We'll come back again this year. And then, like always, we'll run our uh, Toledo Litter League program. Yeah, so last year we had uh, about 45 teams. We collected almost 1,000 bags of litter, uh, which we estimate is about almost 30,000 pounds of litter that we collected throughout all of Lucas County. Uh, so uh, a fun, I mean, who doesn't like a good good uh, competition? competition, right? We're, we're- did we try to uh, level the playing field? Because I know we compete against Columbus, but they're a bigger place. Yeah, so so Columbus struggled a little bit this year. I don't think that we beat them. <laughs> I mean, we, we Because they are still so much bigger. Yeah. Uh, but they don't want to share their numbers. They, they really? kind of, uh, yeah, they struggled a little bit. Um, All right, Netflix, end. let's see what's going on. Yeah. Raise the hood. Yep, so uh, so it, we'll bring, we'll kind of, uh, we'll bring that back again and really kick up the competition between it, them because we have other cities that are interested in joining good. us. I was just going to ask, like, let, let's get Dayton, let's get Akron. Yeah, yeah Dayton's interested, Youngstown's interested, uh, Cincinnati, maybe even Indianapolis. So we might break out of the, Ohio bubble there and get over to Indianapolis as well. So, um, last, uh, last couple of things. Can you talk about why it's so important to just pick up some litter and how one person can actually do a, a lot of good? I guess you can call it a, the litter theory, the broken window theory yeah. of it. Yeah. So, broken window theory is, you know, if there's a little bit of litter on the ground or if there's, a, a, you know, a, a broken window in the house, uh, you kind of get the feeling that. Uh, that neighborhood doesn't take pride in their their neighborhood, and it's okay to litter or you know cause additional problems. If you're at a off ramp off of 475 and there's litter everywhere, what's one more plastic yeah. bag or you know McDonald's cup or whatever it might be? And so people feel like they can litter. Um, the opposite is also true. If people see that an area is clean, it is easier to keep it clean because people do recognize that it's socially unacceptable to litter there, uh, and and so it's they're less likely to litter. So really, it's uh, you know a two step process. One, don't litter. Uh, is always the first step. Try not to litter. Uh, and then the second is, yeah. Uh, pick it up. Pick it up. You know, uh, we provide any group with litter tongs and bags and gloves if they want to go out and clean up. And it doesn't have to be a big organized Boy Scout, Girl Scout organization, company. Uh, we get people who call us up and say, hey, my, my wife and I walk the dog every morning and we'd like to pick up litter as we go. Uh, and I say, Absolutely. Here's your bags and your gloves, and what I do. go at it. Uh, so just a little bit helps, and uh, it, it makes a difference for sure. Last thing, um, some year-round boilerplate recycling tips, things that we we as a community maybe miss most often on that you could share. Yeah. Uh, so... There's some some myths, some rumors out there, some rumors, I suppose, that uh, recycling doesn't work. 
but it does. It's been around for a very long time. It works very, very well. Especially <laughs> I've not heard that one. For, yeah, the, people tell me that. And the, the, that's the first rumor. The first rumor is it doesn't work. It's just a, it's, it's, it's made up. It's a big alien government black helicopter program right, to right. get people to what? Right, right. <laughs> to, make, to make people feel better. Um, but no, it, it's been around a long time. We all know it's been around a long time. It works fantastic for paper and cardboard and aluminum. Aluminum is, is infinitely recyclable. There's no reason for an aluminum can or a, a, a tin can uh, to end up in a landfill. Glass is infinitely recyclable if your community is recycling glass. Uh, so all of those things works fantastic. Uh, plastic's a little bit tougher. Um, if you find the recycling symbol on plastic, put it in your recycling. You're doing better than most people. Uh, so find that recycling symbol. If you want to take it a step further, do a little bit better. Um, in, in Toledo, in Lucas County, we're really focused on ones and twos, fours, fives, and sevens. So uh, the numbers on the plastics are one through seven. We don't like threes and sixes. Threes what? and sixes are very hard to recycle. What are they? Uh, lots of times they're, they're styrofoam okay. um, and they're uh, plastic bags, uh, both of which you can recycle. You just need to know where to take them to, both styrofoam and plastic bags. Uh, but then there's also there's sometimes a random thing. I think I, I checked, a, I got a rotisserie chicken from, from Costco <laughs> or, or Kroger the other day, and the black bottom was this weird six or three or something. Yeah, so check out the numbers. We don't like threes and sixes. Don't put them in. And ones and twos are very, very recyclable. We'll recycle those well. Um, your other numbers, sometimes... Sometimes they'll get recycled. Sometimes they get more of what we call a down cycle. So they'll get turned into a, you know, plastic decking or a picnic bench or a guardrail or some sort of very solid, heavy plastic. Uh, and it's then that for eternity. Uh, but, but at least it gets a couple turns out of it. So the best thing to do, well, we teach reduce, reuse, recycle, right? And in order, that's the way you're supposed to do it. You're supposed to reduce first. Reuse what you can and recycle the rest. And I, I really focus on the reducing as much as we can with plastic first. And hopefully, you have uh, people have listened to this, to listen to this, and heard you here enough times to have that same Adam Cassie on on my shoulder when I am cleaning out uh, uh, a jar of peanut butter or something else. I'm like. Yeah. This one's just too messy, but if I let it soak a little bit longer, this thing, completely clean, and yes. Right, right. And they don't have to be pristine. Uh, we don't need anything to be run through the dishwasher. Your, your spaghetti sauce and your peanut butter jars, if they've got a smudge or you know, a little bit of crusted spaghetti sauce on them, that's fine. Just rinse them out a few times. Um, so if it has a cap or a lid, we also want the caps or lids back on. So no food waste, caps or lids back on. Dry, at least pretty dry. If you're rinsing them out, uh, at least shake out the excess water. Uh, I mentioned plastic bags. We don't like plastic bags in the recycling. Uh, don't bag your recyclables. If you're putting all your plastic, all your recyclables in a plastic bag and then you tie it up with this fancy little bow and you throw it in your recycling bin, uh, all those recyclables are now trapped and they go to a recycling facility that is very automated. Uh, and the machinery doesn't open the bag. Uh, it just sees this giant bag and spits it out and throws it. So it's the uh, opposite of what they ask with our trash, which is don't is put bad. it in loosely. Right. So I get it. Right, right. Everybody needs to have a, a little Adam Cassie on their shoulder when they're doing this. Yeah, uh, so I'm watching. What, what, yes. <laughs> you think Santa's out there looking for your kids? It's Adam watching you in your kitchen and what, watching what you're throwing away and not throwing away. Right. Uh, thanks for the time as always. Absolutely.